0: We're going to be uh, looking at a a passage from Romans chapter 3. So it's Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 26. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just, the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And before we um, lo- look at that, that passage in a bit more detail, um, just a bit of background um, to what went before in, in the book of Romans. Um, In in Romans chapter one, and I'm I'm summarizing um, greatly here, Paul writes he's not afraid of the gospel because it's the power of salvation for everyone who believes. And in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. And and he quotes from um, part of Habakkuk uh, chapter two, verse four, the just shall live by faith which is a, a, a key theme of, of, of Romans. And, and that's uh, one of the verses that um, Martin Luther, for those who, who <coughs> like church history, that was one of the verses that really spoke to him. And then Paul goes on to say that that those who ignore God and engage in unrighteous behavior are subject to God's wrath. So he, he, he talks about... Um, god's glory being revealed in creation um but but some people just just ignore it and they they basically do do what they want to do they ignore god and just engage in selfish behavior and he says to them the wrath of god they will they will incur the wrath of god and then he and then in chapter two he, he, he goes on to say but if you, if you condemn this behavior, but then you do it yourself, you're just as bad as the first group of people. There is no difference. And um, he, he applies this to the, to the, the Jews, because he was <coughs> writing right to a, a, a group of, of, uh, of Christians in, in Rome who had, um, a lot of them would have had Jewish backgrounds and uh, he applies this to them and says, you've essentially got what we call the Old Testament and and you've basically missed the message, folks. Um, you 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 have the law and you say you have to obey the law, um, but you, you can't obey the law. Um, and so you're you're saying, oh, I've got the law, we're fine, but you, you don't obey it, so you're just as bad. You're just as bad as as, as everyone else. They, could, they, can't, and they, they couldn't meet God's standard by their own efforts and, and really they should have cried out, God help me, I can't do it myself. And, um, and so the application for us is that there are people who, who have no acknowledgement of God who Who are going to be subject to his judgment, but equally, if people come to church and say oh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do the sunday thing on a sunday i'll I'll come to church, but they they aren't believers you're in just the same state as someone who's who's completely you know got no, nothing to do with the church there's no interest in in God, and so this then leads to him him to say. In this passage, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So everyone is in the, in the same boat outside ch- Jesus. So that's that's the context of of the, of the passage. i'll just i'll just read it again but now the righteousness of god apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ to all and on who all who believe for there is no difference all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus who God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. If you look at the um, verse 21 and 22, if you strip out some of of it, it really says, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith in Jesus Christ to all those who believe. Uh, That's pretty clear, isn't it? God's righteousness is revealed to those who believe through faith in Jesus Christ. You'll probably all recognize the, uh, the phrase, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, because it's, it's, it's often used in evangelistic messages. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. But I want to, I want to look at the whole, the whole of the sentence, which goes on from, starts at verse 22 and ends at verse 26 because there's quite a lot in it. But there's quite a lot in it that probably probably contains a lot of Christian jargon. Um, jargon is fine if you know what the words mean. If you don't know what the words mean, it's not very useful. In fact, the word jargon comes from a, a word meaning unintelligible uh, writing. So it's not really useful in you know, you know you know what happens you go to the doctor and the doctor says oh you've uh, damaged your anterior cruciate ligament and you say what have I done oh, my knee hurts but and and everyone everyone uses jargon and and if you know if you know what it means it's fine now IT any 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 field there's jargon but for those who don't know what it means you just try and you just nod and try and look intelligent and and uh, but you have no idea what they're on about and then and then you discover a week later they said I told you this and well they might have told you this but I didn't understand it so what I'm uh, hope to do is to try and translate some of these these words into um, simpler English first thing we've all sinned was the first statement in our natural selves we're all selfish some people are probably less unselfish than others but we're all selfish and it's uh, it's not a case of of x being more selfish than y sorry john being more selfish than frida for example the thing is we all fail to meet god's standard god's standards perfection and whether you're a If God's standard is up here and you are here and someone else is there, you both miss the mark. We've all sinned. Well, how can we meet God's standard? Well, the point is we can't. We can't do it ourselves. That's why we need Jesus. We need to repent of our sins. So we need to me to hate them so much that they're revolting to us and we we turn away from them it's no good regretting them and it's no good regretting the consequences of them that's not repentance that's well, I sort of in, I enjoyed doing it and it's a pity that so-and-so got hurt or or something happened but that's not repentance Repentance is turning away from them. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified. So what does justified mean? It it, it means the same as as being made righteous, being being made right with God, being acceptable to him. so you can you can have a relationship with him if if you went to see king charles um and he didn't recognize you you wouldn't be allowed in you just wouldn't get past the, the security so God won't allow enemies into his house to continue the analogy. He won't allow enemies into his house, people who, who don't have a relationship with him, who aren't who aren't aren't acceptable to him, who are still in rebellion against him because they're sinners. And we are, all, we are all in rebellion against God in our natural state. Without, without Jesus, we're all in rebellion to God. So Adam and Eve, when God created Adam and Eve, they, they had a, a relationship with, with, with God and he, he, he walked in the garden with them. And they rebelled and they were disobedient and that relationship broke down and God's desire is for that relationship to be restored. So we can have that relationship with him and that's what he desires, he created us, he created us, he didn't have to create us but he created us and he wants He wants to have a relationship with his creation, he doesn't want his creation to be at odds with, with him. So so being justified or made righteous means you're you're made acceptable to God, and it says it says we're justified freely by his grace well, grace means the was often described as the undeserved unmerited gift of god we 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 don't deserve what god did for us the father sent jesus to come to earth as as a as a man he didn't have to he wanted to nothing we did deserved that the only <coughs> god wanted to have a relationship with us and that was the way to do it but he didn't have to send jesus It's a gift. Jesus coming to earth to die for our sin on the cross is a gift. We we, we shouldn't really have to say it's an undeserved. It's it's an un, um, undeserved gifts. Gifts gifts are by them, by their nature undeserved. If you if you so if you if you give someone a gift because they've done something for you. That's not really a gift. It's more like a payment. A gift is something that you have done, nothing, nothing to deserve it. There's no reason why you should have it. It's just something someone gives you because they love you and they want to bless you. And that's what God the Father did when he sent Jesus to to earth to be born as a man, and then it says redemption. Redemption was a very f- familiar concept to, to the to the to the the Jews, and um, <coughs> we don't really have we don't have time to to talk about that, but. As, a, as an example today, if you if you go to a pawnbroker and you hand over, say, your watch, and they they give you some money as a loan, then in a week or a month's time you go back and you you pay the money required to get your watch back. You redeem your watch and. And, and that's what redemption is it's that it's you, you pay a price to get something back and that's what Jesus' death on the cross did Jesus' death paid the price for our sin and the what was owing to us was God's punishment for disobedience and he paid that price so we don't have to bear that punishment so if you put that together the verse reads for there is no difference all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being made acceptable to God freely by his undeserved gift through the purchasing back that is in Christ Jesus and who was purchased back The, the people who were purchased back were the all who believe, that's in verse 22. And how was it purchased back? It was purchased back through, <coughs> through Christ Jesus, who God set forth as a propitiation for it by his blood. And propitiation is, is an offering. Made to um, made to appease God, to to turn aside the wrath of God. And in in chapter one in Romans, as I briefly mentioned, Paul referred to the people who are in complete rebellion against against God and and are deserving of the wrath of God, which is is, is the reward, if you like, for unrighteous behavior and rebellion against against God and ignoring the fact that you can see all around you the world and the, that He created. Paul, Paul says there's enough evidence around you to realise that that God God created the world. And so if you, don't, if you don't recognize that and respond to it, then you ought to, basically. Um, you've got no excuse. And Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty for our sin. And, it, and he made us acceptable to God so we could have a relationship with God as I said before that relationship was, was destroyed when, when Adam and Eve sinned against God by eating fruit from the, knowledge, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and as we know Jesus didn't stay dead he's not a dead king three days later he rose again And he ascended into heaven. And as believers, we can have a relationship with believers can have a relationship with Jesus. Not not that Jesus died. He stayed dead. He paid the penalty for our sin, and that's it. No. Jesus is with the Father in heaven. We can have a relationship with him. If we have if we have faith. And faith is something that we trust in, something that we, we rely on even though we can't, we can't see it. And when we say we're saved, because Jesus, Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin, and, and I confess him as Lord and Savior, and I'm gonna be with him in heaven. The reality of us being in heaven has to wait until Jesus comes again. We know it's gonna happen. We know we're gonna be with Jesus in heaven. The reality is still to come. We have a relationship with him now, but the, the glory that's to come of being with him in heaven and and everything that encompasses is something that is in the future. But we know it's going to happen. So we can be certain, it's so a sure and certain hope. It's in the future though. For there is no difference. All have sinned and foreshore the glory of God. Being made acceptable to God freely by his undeserved gift through the purchasing back that is in Christ Jesus who God set forth as an offering to set aside the wrath that was due to us by his blood through faith. And then finally, verse 26 refers to just and God being, God the Father being just and, and justifier. God is a just God. He's a fair God. So, and, and sin is abhorrent to him. And that's why he judges it. And it would be, it would be completely unfair if God let people into heaven who were still in rebellion to him and had not had their, had their sin dealt with. And he, and he won't he doesn't do that, and that's why he's just he loves us he wants to have a relationship with all his all the people he created, but he's not going to he's not going to let he's not going to let people who are in rebellion to him he's not going to let them off. sometimes people say oh." God loves everyone, you know, everything's fine, you know, everything's acceptable. But that's that's taking love as as being sort of yeah, everything goes, but it's not. If you love someone you will and they're doing something that's wrong that's harmful, you will tell them. If you have your children, if they're doing, if they're doing things that are, are wrong or harmful, you'll tell them. They might not like it, but you'll tell them because you love them. And, and with that, an if you truly love someone, you'll risk losing that friendship or that relationship if, if there's something that, that you think they're doing wrong and is harmful. Because love is is caring more about the other person than the consequences to yourself. So if if you have if you ha- you have a friend who's um, I don't know doing something that's 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 not not right that's perhaps illegal or just dangerous or threatening to someone else out of love you you should tell them and you should you should pull them up on it now they may they may not speak to you again or they might not speak to you for a while or they may dislike you intensely but if you love them that's what you'll do And the only, the, only way, the only way to have your sin dealt with is by exception that Jesus died for your sin on the cross and saying that he is your Lord and your saviour. There is only one way to heaven and don't listen to anyone who tells you otherwise. Now, just a couple of things about what this passage doesn't say. It doesn't say we're made acceptable to God by our own strivings, our own works. The Jews tried that, and they they found it didn't work. They couldn't keep the law. they sacrificed animals for sins that they knew they'd committed and if you read read the book of Leviticus you'll find chapters on the subject and they also sacrificed for sins that they had committed but they weren't aware about again that's in Leviticus but it didn't it didn't do anything for them permanently permanently you can't get to heaven by being good. Christians do things for other people, they do good things, but it comes out of out of love. It's not we do good things and therefore we're acceptable to God. We're made acceptable to God through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and out of love for him we will serve other people. It is not that we serve other people to be acceptable to God. And the other thing the passage doesn't refer to, it doesn't refer to forgiveness once it refers to righteousness being being acceptable to god being made right with god and that's what god desires forgiveness is part of salvation i'm not saying it's not but salvation's more than than forgiveness if you if you forgive someone you don't you don't hold what they did against you you don't hold what they did to you against them. You, you, let it, you let it go. But to have a relationship restored, you need reconciliation and, and a restoration of that relationship. Salvation is much more than forgiveness. Forgiveness. If, for example, I happened to go walking and uh, didn't tell anyone where I was going and I fell in a peat bog, um, which I don't recommend, <laughs> um, and Mountain Rescue came out in one of their helicopters and, and, uh, and shouted down to me and said, Richard, we forgive you for going out um, and not telling anyone. Your family were really worried about you, um, but now we know where you are, everything's a-okay, and we'll go and tell Douglas and he'll know you're in the peat bog. And I'd been forgiven. I'd still be in the peat (laughs) bog. I need rescuing. I need salvation. I need pulling out of that peat bog. And I need the restoration with my family restoring and promising, you know, I'll be a bit more uh, thoughtful next time and tell you where I'm going. (laughs) Yes, we're forgiven. But salvation is more than being forgiven it's being it's being healed it's being delivered it's being made whole it's having a relationship with jesus so God, the Father, wants to have a relationship with everyone where he's acknowledged as, as, as God and we are his creation and we're obedient to him and that's the right relationship. Often, often you hear people saying, well, what's God done for me? Something goes wrong. What's God done for me? Um, well, the question is, what have you done for God? Have you even acknowledged him in, in, in the past? It's no good going your own way and then something goes wrong and saying, well, God hasn't helped me. You haven't had got a re- any relationship with him. He cannot be we we need to confess that that Jesus is our lord and savior he's our savior because he paid for our our sins and he's lord because he's our lord he's our boss he's our overlord he's the one who's in who's in charge if we if we just say Jesus is my savior and he he saved me from my sins really what we're saying is Thank you, Jesus, for paying this penalty for my sins. But I'm just going to go on pleasing myself. No, you've still paid the penalty for my sins. Um, I don't want a relationship with you. I'm just going to carry on being my own selfish self and thinking about myself. And I'm okay with that. That's, that's not being a Christian. if you do that you're deluding yourself and when Jesus comes again you'll find you're not in the Lamb's book of life and you won't be with him him in heaven but you will be in the lake of fire the confession is that Jesus is Lord i.e. he's he's in charge and saviour He's Lord and Saviour. And as we close, the, the ministry team will be at the front and will pray with you if you, if you want. However, if you want Jesus to be Lord and Saviour in your life, you need to call out to Jesus. The ministry team are happy to pray with you and for you, but they can't pray that cry to Jesus. Lord, help me. Look, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. That has to come from you. That has to come a cry from you. It's not repeating a prayer that someone says, a little formula and, and ticking tick the box. It has to come from your heart your awareness of your sin. The cry has to be, I confess you, Jesus, Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that you came to to earth in obedience to the Father. Lord, you lived a perfect life and you died on the cross for my sin, for each person's sin. Lord, and you rose again the third day to be in glory with your Father. Lord, and we can have a relationship with you Lord, you desire to have a relationship with us. Lord, you want us to confess that you are Lord and Savior of our lives. And Jesus, we, we thank you and give you praise for that sacrifice that you made for each one of us Amen